0: You. As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You have a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, mm-hmm. to be heard, and if anything, inspire our community. Yeah.
1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Riding on the Wall podcast. i go by the name of Chris Frizzell. We have Blue Shindo in the building, and we have a special guest on this episode. Everybody give it up for Danny Bruninger. How you doing, Danny?
2: I'm I'm doing very well, Chris and Blue. I'm so pleased you're here tonight.
0: Well, it's good to have you.
2: Thank you. Um, first of all, I am uh, Dan Burninger the son of uh, William Berninger and Evelyn Berninger Um, I am a candidate for tribal council and some people have asked uh, you know why why are you doing this what what do you intend to achieve and you know there's a lot of things that I would like to achieve but I think the key thing to remember here is that as a council member you're one of eight eight other council members and then the president and vice president but what I'd like to do is, is put my years of experience, um, my college education, my time working in BIA law enforcement for uh, over 25 years, and I spent about another 10 years as a BIA superintendent. And during that time, uh, I acquired a lot of um, formal uh, experience and education, in the world of Indian country and Indian tribal governments. And uh, when I ran for president in 2013, and I was successfully elected and served uh, that first term, and then I ran a second time and and was elected for a second term, which ended in uh, uh, January of uh, 2018. I've acquired that experience as well as serving on the council, but as president, but as a, as a council member, the council plays a extremely vital role. And that is passing the required or, or the types of legislation and enactments and ordinances and resolutions that keep our government moving today. Um, I still have that same motivation. I still have that burning desire as I did uh, two years ago. And it was a time when I did leave office, um, I always kept that in back of my mind that one day I do want to run again, and that time has come. And I, and I am still very, very much concerned, uh, particularly right now with the COVID-19 epidemic, pandemic, Right now we're on the cusp of um, cases increasing across all across the United States and I think it's 35 states, New Mexico being one of them. And I as a tribal member are, are fearful and I think most everyone should be. The pandemic, the, the virus is nothing to to play with. Uh, we've lost three tribal members three innocent tribal members to this, this terrible, terrible disease, and I, I, I don't want to see any more pass away from that. But with this COVID-19, it's also had a significant impact on the tribe's financial ability and our ability to generate revenue, particularly at the end of the Mountain Gods Resort and Casino. The tribe relies heavily on those revenues to keep our day-to-day operations running here at the tribe. Of course, we do receive federal funding in the form of uh, 638 contracts from BIA and IHS and, and grants from other sources. But a large a large uh, percentage of funding comes from the Inn of the mountain gods and my concern is is we need to come up with some strategic planning as to how are we going to maintain the employment of our tribal members our tribal members the, in as of uh, gosh 4 years two or 3 years ago the employment numbers were somewhere hovering around 6 to 700 tribal members at the end of the mountain god ski apache and the travel center that's that's a lot of people that are counting on employment to pay and support pay for and support their families that's a huge huge problem that i see uh forthcoming right now i have to be very honest um I, as a tribal member, along with many other tribals, tribal members have said, you know, we're not hearing anything coming out of the, the tribal leadership. Of course, we do appreciate the uh, updates from the president on the pandemic, but what about all the other issues? The technology exists today. I mean, it, it's, it's proven itself in his, um, periodic, uh, um. COVID-19 updates, why can't we have a, a general meeting um, broadcast on on uh, Facebook? And there's ways of, of setting that up so that only tribal members with a, with a password or passcode could enter that or some sort of a conferencing um, um, s- software type of system be set up for that and certainly not all tribal members have access to that many of our older tribal members are not familiar with the technology but there can be um, arrangements made where they might be able to go somewhere to a family's uh, home or a friend and be able to access that information consequently when that information is not being shared uh, People resort to rumor. They re- resort to uh, false information that's being circulated, and it and it, it and it contributes to a lot of the confusion and anger and frustration that that seems to be occurring right now. There, there are still many issues. Um, even when I came into office, um, I a term. A council member's term or president's term is two years. So I spent a total of four years in council. And quite honestly, you know, four years, every two years, you're campaigning and then running for re-election. Um, it's a short period of time to try to get uh, very important work completed. If we had extended terms, uh, that would probably be... a a huge improvement. Some have even talked about term limits, um, as many other governments have said, so that we don't have um, uh, professional <laughs> politicians, if you will, um, and that that can work against the tribe as well. And I'm not I'm not saying or advocating that 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 would or would not be a bad idea, but it's things to think about. And the only way that can happen is through uh, amendments to our constitution and having a secretarial election and, and putting, putting those issues before the people. The people of the tribe, the tribal membership, are, are the ones that can uh, either make that happen or they can uh, disapprove it. Housing is, is an issue. Uh, it's been an issue for a long time. During my administration, we passed a resolution identifying housing as a, as a crisis. And it, it, at the time that was uh, passed in the form of a resolution, we found out that during the late Carlton Palmer's administration, um, his council, he and his council, passed a similar resolution. So our housing situation has been going on far, far too long, and something has to be done. Um, so we've got employment issues, we've got COVID-19. Um, there's a lot of issues affecting the council, and uh, I have to I have to give credit where credit is due as well. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and and put people down or. Or be overly critical of people I'm, I've sat in that top chair and I know what that's like but this uh, COVID-19 has brought forth new challenges and challenges that uh, no, one, no one could have ever anticipated so that's kind of a brief overview Chris of um, what my vision is but I think the important thing for our listeners to understand is that I am, I am truly, truly uh, concerned and, and willing to work as hard as I can to um, be responsive to the people and try and find ways and solutions to a lot of these issues that I mentioned.
0: All right, so now, now that we kind of have a feel for um, where, you, where your thoughts are and, and how you feel about um, your new, your new uh, goal right now, which is to get elected for our tribal council. Um, let's, let's kind of back up a little bit and get you, get, get some people to, uh, get our listeners to know you a little bit better. Um, okay. where were you, uh, born and raised?
2: I was born and raised, uh, well, actually my mother had me in the Redoso hospital in 1952, a cold night in December, <laughs> um, the day before New Year's, okay. New Year's Eve, um, but I I was raised right here in Mescalero, went to Bent Mescalero School, the old school, which burnt down. It's no longer there. And then, like everyone else at that time, there was no high school here. And so we were bused to Tularosa Junior High and then high school. And I played sports. Football was my sport. Um, and after after high school, um, I went to New Mexico State University in Las Cruces and um, worked on a degree in criminal justice, and I did uh, graduate with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. Oh, wow. And after graduating, I returned home and was hired by BIA Law Enforcement in 1976. And stayed in BIA in law enforcement uh, for quite a number of years. I moved up the ranks, um, transferred to Washington DC in headquarters, spent about four years there. This was during the Ronald Reagan administration. And during that time I received another promotion and was hired as the Bureau's uh, director of training and I transferred to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in Marana, Arizona. And the Indian Police Academy was housed at that same location. Marana is just about 35 miles north of Tucson, Arizona. And so I spent, uh, I spent about four years there. And then uh, my career uh, took a turn. I, I wanted to do something a little different Expand my experiences and expand my knowledge, and uh, as far as the federal government's uh, federal trust responsibility to tribes, and so I accepted a an assignment in Truxton Canyon Agency in northern northern Arizona on the wallapai Reservation as an agency superintendent, and I eventually was hired there as superintendent, and while there. I served uh, five tribes, uh, including the Wallapai tribe. Five tribes across north central Arizona, and probably one of the most interesting tribes out of all of them were the Havasupai, which were, is located down in a side canyon off of the Grand Canyon. Some people believe that the Havasupai people live in the Grand Canyon, but actually, they live kind of in a side side canyon. Mm. But the, the interesting part of that, too, is that there are no roads. There's no way to drive in there or out of there. It's an eight-mile trail. So you either hike in, horseback, or helicopter in. And uh, the people of the Havasupai are really terrific, great people. And hearing some of their stories and legends about the canyon... Um, it's just, it's extremely interesting and colorful and looking back at my entire career in BIA and having, um, been around different tribes, um, all over the United States has really expanded my level of understanding, uh, not, not just about the Mescalero people that I, I, I know and who I am a part of, but, um, uh, there there are common threads that tie us all together in in warm, one form or another and it, it's that experience alone was i'll never i'll never forget it it's a, it was a, it's a valuable it was a valuable part of my life
0: that's very interesting <clears throat> i like i like that you're able to share that with us because you know we get a lot of people that are running for these positions and we kind of don't know some of them i've been gone for a while um uh, you've been gone for a while. And so I'm glad um, we, we have this platform that we can just talk about things like that and get to know you. Um, so I guess some of the listeners might, might be um, wondering why, you know, we brought you on and stuff. But me and Chris are talking and, you know, it's definitely a perfect platform for anyone that's coming on like yourself. And we're very glad to have you on and talk about your story because it's definitely interesting. I'm already learning things about you. And so, um, real quick, just want to throw that in there. You know, if there's people out there that are you know, thinking about running for a position or anything like that, um, this platform is op- open for you as well. Just, you know, let me and Chris know before I forget. I don't want to forget that part. But, you know, this is for people like you. You know, you're doing something positive for the community. Uh, we appreciate that. We appreciate that you're trying to be a leader and, and just make, make a difference, you know. So, anyway, we can support that. Um, we're very glad to to do that and let our podcast be that platform for people like you. And so for uh, thank you for your service um, with your time with the BIA and, and all your experience. And uh, <clears throat> thank you for reaching out to us and coming onto the show and making our podcast a little bit more interesting. Um, so I guess back to um, your purpose and your goals and, and what we were talking about with running for tribal council. Um, something that you left off on that I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, was housing. Um, I don't know if you want to touch on that anymore, if you have any more thoughts about that. or
2: I, I do, and um, I I just saw a Facebook uh, introduction from the new uh, um, housing director, and he, he sounds like a really uh, great guy, a knowledgeable individual, and he went into extensive detail about housing regulations and policies and, and so on and so forth. And as I was listening to it, it, it brought back, um, a lot of, uh, different types of events and, and, activities that I was involved in as president. And the thing that, uh, I see and uh, and I'm going to speak to you not not as a council member or a candidate, but it's it's a comment about the level of bureaucracy and the requirements and all the hoops people have to jump through to get into low low rent housing. And I, and it's just, it just it hadn't occurred to me before to hear that explained in such a manner, but. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a huge undertaking for an individual, um, so let's say a single mother of two or three kids or even a single father to go in and, and put an application in for housing. And, it, and you've got to jump through all these different hoops and get certifications and get all these other requirements. And it's all federal bureaucracy. It's all federal requirements. And it seems to me that, for heaven's sakes, why why can't we streamline that process? Because our people get extremely frustrated. When I, I would get frustrated, I, I get frustrated when I go to Walmart and there's only one cashier, and then you have to go to the self checkout aisle, and um, you know you're paying you're paying for those cashiers to be there in terms of the, you know, the products that you're buying, and part of that goes into paying for it. But housing, something has to be done to make that process uh, streamlined. And the other thing I want to comment on, and, and it was always my question, I look at other tribes, the the northern Pueblos, for example. One, one Pueblo... Um, that stands out in my mind is the San Felipe Pueblo. And it seems like every year they're building new homes year after year after year. And they have a great system in place. Um, Housing is probably not as big of an issue as it once was because they're building houses all the time. I can't even tell you when the last time a house was built here in Mescalero.
1: Yeah.
2: And, you know that's 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 totally unacceptable. That's why we passed that resolution, um, probably three years ago now, four years ago. What that, exactly was that resolution? And it was a, a resolution that um, identified housing as a as a crisis. We are in a housing crisis, and I'm sure certain members on the council that are on council today can remember that. And it's it's vitally important. I mean, it's it's totally uh, unfair to people to have two or three families, extended families, uh, living with grandma and grandpa, and under crowded conditions, particularly, particularly right now when there's a virus, a very extremely dangerous, contagious virus and people are being piled into houses, um, we've got to find a solution for that, period. Um, and I don't know if that means uh, we set up a... An, we can still maintain the same uh, HUD standards and have HUD homes, but what about tribal homes where the tribe establishes its own... Uh, housing requirements and eliminates a lot of the red tape Um, but we find a way a creative way to get people into homes as quickly as possible
0: I like the analogy that you used with using the self-checkout and I think it's a huge problem because you know we're not trained for that and it's kind of the same way Um, I speak on this quite a bit we're not trained as high school students we come out into the real world (laughs) And so that first time, you know, you start in a family, you go up, you go into, like, you know, the community center or or wherever you're going. Um, I don't know where it is, but um, and then you're facing these people and you're facing this pile of paperwork and all these things that we're not trained to do. But, um, you know, I hear that it is a hard process and people get intimidated by it. So I appreciate
2: that thought process
1: that you have on that. I I like what you said about streamlining it. Um, Can you kind of elaborate a little bit if if you're...
2: Well, kind of just just one of my thoughts is, in order to streamline it, of course, um, the tribe is bound by HUD, HUD housing and urban development um, uh, policies, procedures, um, federal regulations, so on and so forth. So there's that that those are the strings that are attached with the money when it comes to the tribe. So one of my thoughts is have go ahead and have that still in place but uh, separately the tribe could set up its own uh, housing department housing program so you'd have basically two housing programs and I know that sounds like a nightmare but the tribal housing program would be staffed and and managed by tribal by the tribal, Membership. It, it could be somebody else, and let me correct that. But I think the point is, is that the tribe would write their own regulations and and make it as easy and simple as possible, so that uh, if an individual comes in and says, "You know, I've just been kicked out of my house, and I have my five little children. What am I going to do? There's no housing right now. There's no emergency housing. There's no place." someone can go. If we had an alternative on the reservation, either emergency housing or long-term housing, that even folks that may or may not qualify because they don't have a job or they don't have a babysitter and they can't go to work, you know, there's got to be exceptions to some of this stuff. Everything isn't always in black and white. There's got to be Uh, ways to to work around the system. Right now it's getting cold and and soon uh, it's going to be snowing. And so what do we do for some of these people that are sleeping in tents right now as we speak? There are people out there. No, we don't know who they are. We don't know where they're at, but we know, I can guarantee you, there are some people out there right now and something has to be done. Not next week not six months from now not next year something has to happen immediately and I've heard other tribes are using the CARES Act funding to do emergency housing Um, I'm not in I, I don't have the access or the ability to investigate that on my own but I would strongly urge our tribal leadership to go look at that and say, how, how can we do that? Can we do some emergency placements in, in Alamogordo or Riodoso? There may or may not be any there, but could we even go out and purchase 10 um, um, single-wide mobile homes and set them up in, in very short order? Uh, in a place where there's already utilities uh electricity and water um i have always been the uh, the type of person that is constantly looking for solutions and and anticipating what is around the next turn and what can we do if this happens or if that happens um my thoughts aren't always like everyone else's but uh I guess it comes with experience in law enforcement, anticipating, always anticipating the worst, and hoping for the best. Um, I hope that answered your question.
1: Definitely, yeah, that was real good.
0: <clears throat> Something that you brought up in your introduction was, um, you know, how we were how how we are responding to COVID nineteen and stuff. But do you kind of feel like COVID nineteen may be taken away from our ability to look at the other issues like housing, and do you feel like we might be overwhelmed with? COVID or is there a way to handle that?
2: Um, Blue then, you know, as, as, as a, a, an executive, as a manager, as, as someone who's in charge of a lower, large business or corporation, you have to keep pulse on everything. Um, you have to be able to multitask. You have to be able to, um, just because you have a crisis over here, you have all these other issues that are on the back burner and you have to determine you have to figure out a way to prioritize based on a system of urgency and importance and work on those uh, various issues as as time allows but of course if it rains like crazy and a floods coming down soldier canyon then, yeah, we've got to drop things and, and start evacuating people. And depending on how bad the flood is, we need to start thinking about uh, temporary shelters and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And um, that's why we need uh, an emergency management system. And I think uh, um, Chief Cervantes with the Conservation Department is, is fulfilling that role. But in answer to your question, you have to be able to keep pulse on everything that's going on. Just because you have a pandemic, uh, where does it rate on a scale of 1 to 10? Yeah, that's important. But what about these other issues that uh, are not rising to that same level at that particular moment? On some days, and we, we were, were just kind of coming out of a, a period when COVID-19 was down, our cases were real low. Um, that gives us time, but somebody, um, some of our directors, some of our, our tribal leadership, it's vitally important to keep pulse on everything.
0: I like that sense of, sense of passion that you have for a lot of these issues you're talking about. Um, you can definitely tell that you have a strong sense of uh, leadership quality in you. And I, I, I respect that. I appreciate that about you. Is it always been in you? Do you like to serve?
2: I, I've been in public service um, at age, I guess I was 19. I was going to New Mexico State University, and a close friend of mine was in law enforcement. He introduced me to law enforcement, and I got hired as a part-time dispatcher and jailer. Back then, dispatchers were jailers, and uh, Mescalero had uh, its own jail and it, it sits. The building still is there. It sits just below the BIA office, and we housed uh, men, women, and juveniles uh, in that facility. It was a small facility, but I, uh, you know, um, Blue. That the thing is, um, everyone is is born with a passion for something. Everyone has been placed on this earth by the creator for a reason and for a purpose. And sometimes, sometimes regrettably, it takes some folks a long time to find that passion or find that desire and find where they fit into which peg hole in life. And I found mine a long time ago I say to myself sometimes, I think, man, I wish I would have got into business. I wish I would have got a business degree. Uh, I might have made <laughs> thousands and thousands more dollars. But at the end of the day, the rewards come when you're helping people and you're serving people. And uh, I would go home at the end of the day and and ask myself, well, what, what did I do today that... Um, I can appreciate what I've done and a sense of achievement and accomplishment. And it's, it's those little things that I get. I get my high on. Yeah,
1: that's awesome that you say that because um, just thinking about like my passion, or our, our passion, especially with this podcast. What <laughs> we want to do is shed light on all the positive and good, inspire the community here in Mescalero. I kind of want to elaborate what we talked about earlier with what Blue said is uh, uh, anybody that wants to be on this podcast, you know, um, tribal uh, council candidates or whoever's running or whoever wants to we, we definitely invite you and we want to hear your story as as well but I just wanted to you know reiterate that but also Danny I guess uh, one question I had for you is for 2021 what would you say is your main vision and mission for Mescalero for the tribe
2: well Chris thank you for asking that question because uh, first of all I have to get elected first
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. uh, and I hope i hope i am elected i hope that uh i am given the opportunity to serve the people again um but one of the things i learned a long time ago walking into a new job and this would be a new job but i've already had some experience in it but i don't want to i i don't want to set some lofty goals and come in with preconceived ideas or notions that I'm gonna go in there and turn the world upside down and do, uh, be able to pull rabbits out of my hat. That's that's just not possible. There's a lot of issues that I don't know what's going on. And first and foremost, it would be important for me to find out what is going on with housing, what is going on with our budget, with our 2021 budget and um, and start addressing those very critical issues that I mentioned. Um, Keep in mind as a council member, and I said this early on, I'm one of eight people. And being one of eight people, there's seven other people with seven other different ideas. It's very critical and very important that we come together as a team early on and, and come up with a A plan come up with some ideas and come up with some goals that we would all like to achieve over the course of the next two years that's that's where i see it chris and i know that that isn't maybe the answer that you wanted to hear Mm -hmm. but
1: i I think i I think um that works
0: uh you took that question for me before i could even ask is um how do you feel about you know say you're successful you make it in um you're on the tribal council how do you work that dynamic of working with all of the other um, tribal council members? Um, you know, just me as this, one of the typical tribal members, um, you know, you, when you, when you hear talk about these meetings, you hear, well, all they did was argue <laughs> and all they do is fuss. <laughs> and, um, what, what's your take on the teamwork and how, how do you tackle that job?
2: You know, blue, there's in and. I sat in on many a council meeting and argument debate is healthy. If it's done in a respectful manner, Um, there's nothing wrong with it. It's supposed to happen that way. But when meetings uh, get out of control and tempers flare and then then becomes a personal thing, uh, one person versus another person, that's when it gets totally counterproductive and it serves no purpose and and i i would not be afraid at all to to stand up and do whatever i can to uh let my fellow council members know that 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 is just not acceptable and it's not helping the people that's not why the people put us there
0: I have never been in there but I'm just curious cuz I know you have already you know you can see the table from um, different chairs if you go in there so I'm sure you'd have a you'd have a, an advantage going in there you kind of know the the game a little bit so I'm just interested in that you know everyone likes to know a little bit about the controversies <laughs> it seems it's oh, yeah. interesting
2: <laughs> yeah and and blue I'm glad you you mentioned that and and that's one of the beauties of this podcast and and having having these discussions, I'm, I'm beginning to see it. I'm beginning to appreciate, uh, the value of what, what the two of you are doing. And, uh, and sometimes they're, they're the types of things that you can't sit down and write a Facebook post and cover, cover every single thing. But yeah, the council, um, trust me, we, we are all human beings we all have feelings, we all um, have our own backgrounds, we have our own um, different ways of seeing seeing how things are done. But that's why I, I, I for one, uh, want to go in with a, a clear mind and I want to be able to work with people and I hope they, they're willing to work with me. And again, my job is not the president. I'm not going I don't want to be the president and I am a council member if I am elected and I will do my very best to be the best council member uh, I can be
0: I like that approach you know you're kind of just saying if you get elected you're going to do your best to be a part of the team and support where you can it kind of shows your characteristics and and you know I and I kind of threw that question at you because of course you know like I said I'm just one of the people I like knowing some of those those details. It's just interesting. But um, <clears throat> that that teamwork aspect, you know, getting getting that many people to agree on something has to be tough. And I definitely don't um, discount or discredit any of the people that sit in those chairs because it has to be hard. It has to be mm-hmm. hard for people yeah. to all get along on, on issues that are going to affect everyone's lives and the families. And like you said, you know, you get tempers flaring sometimes. And, you know, I just, um, the only thing I would like to see it's just, um, like you said, a group of level-headed people that can actually have that healthy conversation. I like that you said it's healthy to debate, and it's healthy to have arguments as long as they're respectful and stuff. So, yeah, I've never been in that, that cha- those chambers, and I don't know what it's like in there. I can just imagine, but um, I hope it's healthy. I hope, you know, that there's no arguments and, and bad, um, you know, just bad air in there because it's going to affect the people. Right, You know those But I appreciate where you're coming from With that um, team player attitude um, are, there, are there any other type of issues That you want
1: to talk about While you have the Yeah have the we, we talked a lot about housing What would you say are some more More important issues Housing is probably the most <laughs> One of the most important yeah. but What else do you think comes into play
2: You know when I ran for president In 2013 uh, Some You know I was I was thinking of a platform then and a lot of a lot of the same things apply to my thinking today and it comes down to a very fundamental principle uh, that I see here on the reservation and it encompasses so many different areas and it was it's it kind of turned into a slogan for me and that was uh, improving the quality of life on the reservation now, what does that mean, improving the quality of life? Well, the quality of life includes your housing. It includes uh, employment, um, health care, good health care, education for our children. It's what any, any other American citizen today expects from, from life, a good quality of life, a safe home, um, a safe neighborhood. Uh, safe where our children won't be um, abused or or neglected. Um, a safe community where our young women are are safe from being sexually assaulted or sexually abused or even kidnapped in this day and age. Um, law enforcement is my background, so that's an area that is is extremely critical and vital to a solid, um, uh, economic, vibrant, uh, society. We call it community, but it's a society. We live in a Native American society. All of these pieces have to come together. Uh, a good solid judicial system, our courts, um, Regrettably, you know, there, we don't have a jail. We don't have a detention facility on the reservation. Um, and I, I have never advocated for putting people away for long, extended periods of time in jail. There are some that do belong in jail, and and that's just just the way it is. Whether you're here on the reservation or in Tularosa, Albuquerque, New Mexico, or New York City, there are those those individuals that um, have to be put away because they're an extreme danger to society. So all of those things, Chris, that revolve around improving the quality of life are, are, are principles that I I would serve under and that I served under as president. And economic development is another huge um of an extremely huge, important, critical aspect of the overall success of the uh, Mescalar Apache tribe. Everybody says, well, the Inn of the mountain gods is great and wonderful. Well, yeah, it is. But look what's happened. The moment that went down because of the pandemic, it closed. <laughs> we have nothing to fall back on. Mm-hmm. We've put all of our eggs in the Inn of the mountain gods' basket. I mean it's great it's wonderful um but we have to look at other other sources of revenue for the tribe i just saw in this evening's news that hickory apache is gonna be building a big i believe it's a solar solar energy farm they already have one why why aren't we doing such things, or why aren't we doing that?
0: And the resources are out there. NMSU's engineering department is constantly talking about reaching out to some of the surrounding communities. And uh, one of the instructors I have, um, he was saying that he would he'd love to work with reservations and get those projects going. Um, guys like that, they travel across the across the seas just to set up solar plants and get uh-huh. you know running water in certain places off of solar energy. Um, getting clean water off of solar power. Um, <clears throat> I just think that maybe our, it's just going to take some time. I'm, I'm right there with you, and i sorry I butted in on you. That's okay. But that's a, a topic that's near and dear to me because, you know, I'm, I'm an engineering student as well, and going to school for all these years, I'm starting to see, like, there's a lot of resources that are out there. We just don't know how to get them, uh, maybe because we don't know about them and stuff like that. So definitely appreciate, you know, that that you've noticed that in, in those other areas. Um, so if you if you do make <laughs> make it in, I hope that that's something that comes out. Well, of you. it,
2: it um, blue it definitely is something that I will continue uh, fighting for. That you know we have to we have to look for other job alternatives, and we want to look. We need to look at jobs that. So and here's here's a complaint I heard. You know, some of our younger folks and. People think, well, Dan, you're an old man. You don't know about young people. You don't know none of this stuff. Uh, well, I'm sorry, but uh, you you need to stand corrected. I'm fully aware of our youth and and, and they're those that are getting college educated. And some have gone off to college, and there's no employment when they get back. And they're complaining like, I went to school. Now, now how come I can't get a job? How come I can't get a job at the end of the mountain gods? We've got to create more jobs, and more different a variety of different types of jobs. And by venturing out and and getting into and looking at clean energy types of enterprises, whether it be solar or wind, I mean it's out there, like you say, blue. And other tribes are getting into it. Um, agribusiness. There's uh, we've got areas on the reservation that. That are are potentially prime farming areas that we can grow various types of cash crops, mm-hmm. and I know some folks are saying, "Well, yeah, we could grow marijuana." <laughs> well, yeah, you possibly could, or hemp. Uh, hemp is a very valuable uh, commodity as well, but there's other other types of um, agribusiness that are are equally as valuable. And we got areas on the reservation, and, and it would put a lot of people to work. Um, so there's there's a lot of potential, but we have to be continuously looking and looking beyond the end of the mountain gods. And don't and I hope everyone out there listening to me, um, yeah, I love the end of the mountain gods. I love going out there and enjoying the casino and and are taking a ride up to Ski Apache and. Uh, enjoying the beauty up there but you know in terms of employment that is that is another huge area chris that, Yeah. and they and we need to you know i think right now the the minimum wage is 10 dollars an hour um other places it's going up 12 15 i think mcdonald's was hiring uh <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. And, you know, besides making hamburgers, they're getting $12 an hour. And and that's that's pretty decent money. But, you know, we need to get into professions where we can put our, our college graduates to work.
1: Do you have any other sources in, in mind? I mean, we talked about solar panels, talked a little bit about farming. Do you have, have any other that you can think of that would create more jobs? <clears throat>
2: And this is not an original Dan Berninger idea, but I'm holding a bottle of water in my hand. And this was talked about even when I walked into council back in 2014. And there's a huge market for bottled water. Yeah. But uh, now whether or not that's a viable uh, resource, whether it's, it's something that we can produce, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is something that we can produce. Um, so there, there's just a number of different ideas, yeah. Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, I will mention a couple other things that um, are somewhat controversial, um, and and this this would be something that the entire tribal membership would be very interested in, possibly, and that would be looking at oil and gas exploration. There's a good chance there is oil and gas out on their eastern side of the reservation, um, but you know we're kind of at a turning point in history right now yeah. that um, the world is looking at clean energy and getting away from fossil fuels like oil and gas. Um, so it's it's one of those things. I, don't, I thought of another another one that was something that i worked extremely hard on but i couldn't get it off a dead center and that is reopening our sawmill um and that's a that that is a very it's not complicated it's it's a little tricky because the market dictates um how successful a a lumber mill would be and it's all based on market prices for various types of lumber Um, and our lumber is, is great lumber. It's, it's good lumber, but I think we need to look at diversifying the types of cuts that we would produce out of the sawmill. Uh, anything from wood chips, um, wood chips are used to make particle board, um, wood pellets for pellet stoves, um. When I was president, we had a couple of different people come up from Mexico looking for um, utility poles. Um, so, you know, there's there's that possibility. And of course, firewood, mm-hmm. selling firewood, uh, pine. A lot of people uh, not in Mescalero like to burn pine, but uh, there's other people in, um, in Dallas and Houston that, you know, we could ship, uh, a lot of dead pine that way, so there's, you know, we're we're only limited by our imagination and money when it comes to being creative.
1: Definitely, yep.
0: I, I like that creative <clears throat> that creative thought process that you have because I think growing up, all I all I've seen was I was kind of losing business. You know, especially with the sawmill, that was a hard hit because um, I knew people personally that were working there, and mm-hmm. when the sawmill shut down it was kind of devastating. We are like, oh man, you're out of a job. So watching people lose jobs like that to a loss of a resource without replacing one, mm-hmm. I think that that was a difficult position for us to be in. So definitely appreciate that, um, yeah. that go-getter mentality that you have. And just the fact that you're interested in, in solar energy and, and clean energy, and you kind of, kind of know I was going to talk to you about the fossil fuel thing. Cause you know, it is, we are at a, at a time where we're starting to recognize that our fossil fuels are doing more damage than, we could have ever had mani- have ever imagined at a rate that we weren't ready for, you know. So um those, very interesting. Um inter- interesting things. Um But now that um we're sitting here at the table and what in your running you, you had a booth set up and everything, right? I did. Yeah. What what's the number one thing that people want to ask you or get at you for when they
2: come and step to your booth? Um Besides asking for chili, <laughs> is that what you had? You had I guess I guess we're allowed to have a little humor <laughs> yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on a course, podcast. And
0: the more the uh, the more the better. Yeah, yeah
2: uh, Chris, don't erase that please, <laughs> when, you, when you edit this. Yeah. You know, there was there was a, just a number of things, but I think um, the 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 thing that stands out is, and again, it's it's been said, and a lot, a lot of people were complaining to me that they they just the the tribal membership is kind of being left in the dark. They're being left in the dark. What else is going on besides the pandemic? And it goes back to the other, the other discussion we had a, a few minutes ago about prioritizing and, and, um, uh, rating and ranking different issues and making sure that we're multitasking and getting all of the other kinds of work, work done that needs to be done. Um, and there is work, you know. I, I see it. You know, the roads crew um, are. I think they're doing a great job. They they were there during the monsoon season, blading roads here on old road and different places. And I I compliment them, and I compliment utilities in their in trash pickup. It's it's a lot better than it used to be, and I like I like what I see in terms of cleaning up around the dumpsters before um you know people would dump their trash and and it's beyond me why people miss the dumpster they throw trash next to the dumpster and it
0: yeah Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast we'll get into that
2: (laughs) it is but it's it's those issues that (laughs) that are disturbing and that that bother people
0: the small issues that are affecting us
2: exactly and that's a that's an excellent point right there blue is that those little issues can grow into monster issues if they're left uh, unaddressed and and that's basically what's happening and then the lack of information the lack of uh, communication and the technology exists and let's use it Mm-hmm. And that's something I, I, I want to, if I am elected, I want to encourage my fellow council members that we need to, like a lot of tribes, like a lot of other tribes, are broadcasting council meetings. Um, and, of course, if there's an issue that comes up that requires the council to go into a, a special session um, where it might be confidential or it might be a personnel issue, Um Then they would simply go off the air for a period of time. But the technology is there, and um, we need to utilize it. And just sitting here, I never imagined in my wildest uh, dreams I'd be sitting here doing a podcast (laughs) in my in my my dining room table. Yeah. But you know, the next thing is Chris will be bringing TV cameras around next. (laughs) In fact. In fact, Chris, Chris and I had a discussion some time ago about a radio station here in Mescalero. Yeah, I would love to see our own radio station. And there's been talk, there's been talk about it. I mean that that is uh, why haven't we done that? Yeah, I,
0: you know, what? Yeah, what's your view on um, the? Okay, so I don't mean to put you on the spot or interrogate you or anything, but you know coming out of high school um we we were talking about people were um, coming to you when you're president asking you why they can't get a job out of college right Mm
2: -hmm.
0: um what's your view on you know vocationals and trades and and educating our high school students at that level to know what's going to benefit the tribe where they're going to find a job because when we graduate we're kind of just like all right have fun pick something and most people don't know what to pick don't know what they want to do so they land something they graduate no job um you know do you have any thoughts on that and how we can I I do and,
2: and, and it's something that I've thought about um quite extensively and yeah I went to college and during the time I went to college my older brother and sisters had gone to college so I felt inclined to go to college um in a way i i didn't really want to go to college but it was be i guess peer pressure and and my older brothers and sisters were you know role models to me and i felt compelled to to go to college but the fact that vocational schools are are for those individuals that are looking for uh, a skill and knowledge such as auto mechanics or welding or carpentry or plumbing that you know you don't necessarily have to go to college for that and those are valuable valuable skills um high paying jobs in many cases and um, i am all in favor of a vocational school uh, here on the reservation Um, today um, you know i personally have not looked into where our nearest vocational schools are located? Maybe Phoenix. Uh, I don't know if there's any in Albuquerque.
1: What exactly is a vocational school? Is that like
2: a a vocational school? It, it's um, it's it's not a four-year degree program. Is that kind of like the job
1: core thing that's in it. Roswell? Like, no, it's just not like
2: you're training for like a
0: specific trade. Like a trade, yeah. That's, yeah. Well, that's job core yeah, in Roswell.
2: I mean, that's what they do. Too. A, a trade school, yeah. It's a it's a okay. Vers-
0: versus like going to um, college like what I'm doing yeah where I had to get all these other extra classes and learn biology English all these things it's
2: more universal. So Chris, if you yeah. said maybe ten years ago you said you know I want to be a diesel mechanic, mm-hmm. you would go to a diesel mechanic school. That's a vocational. Yeah. School. Okay. Um, I'm glad you
0: asked. Yeah, because I, I don't know maybe a lot of listeners are confused on, on what I'm talking about. But, yeah. Um, just, I just get curious about that and you know I ask I try to ask that to a lot of people that are getting into leadership positions because um, I'm concerned about that too and you know talking about like for example the IT thing um, we have the technology to do it and stuff but in my head I'm already running processes like how would that get done you'd have to reach out to the resort that's our only IT department that IT department runs pretty much everything down to Mescalero the care center, everything. And there's not enough of the, that IT department to go around. I know personally because that's what I'm going to school for and I work in there in the summers. Yeah, And there's not enough of us to go around and get all this technology set up in all these places. And, you know, you walk around with some of, you know, some of my friends and we have all these good ideas and we're like, well, we could have this here. Uh, maybe for cons- the conservation department, we could start getting applications where we could do it online because it's a hassle you know now we got to do uh money orders that's one more step to put an attack maybe people get discouraged from getting a money order now when we can um like you said just, um use technology to our advantage and make life easier so uh, i just um don't mean to take the mic from you too much i i'm just interested in and anytime i get a chance to ask people running for these types of positions you know i just want to throw that out there it's a concern it really is
2: well blue and 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 again i i'm all in favor of vocational schools there's there's a lot of folks that again they and i'm not saying they're they're they wouldn't qualify for college but they're they're interested in becoming a welder or auto mechanic or diesel mechanic or a plumber or one of those types of professions they're still they're still in great need today and uh, um it's hard uh right now like my house it's it's um, owned it's a it's not a tribal home so if something breaks down in here or whatever you know i probably have to go outside i have hired plumbers i've had hired electricians and those guys make
0: a lot of money fitting our our graduating
2: high school students into a
0: direction where they're going to be utilized is is probably going to be our hardest task and um, i think any leadership listening to this um, if you haven't thought about it and i really I, are, I highly encourage you to please think about um, getting high schoolers thinking about what they want to do when they when they graduate high school because a lot we have a lot of smart people and I think our students are getting even smarter now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that the, the technology is out there, like you're saying, you got YouTube and all these things that people are learning all these ideas, and um, it is sad when people come home and there's not a job to come home to. So,
2: you know, blue, <clears throat> um, I was. I was asked at a very early age and maybe because I'm a little bit older than you guys just a little bit older <laughs> than you guys not much but it, it was it was the thing that growing up my folks are uh, an aunt or uncle would come by and they'd be talking to me they'd say Dan what do you want to be when you grow up so you were already thinking you know mm-hmm. and of course when I was growing up I thought man I want to I want to play football. I want to be in the NFL. I want to do that. Well, our kids today, they want to be an astronaut or they want to be a doctor. They want to be a lawyer. They want to be an IT person. Um, they want to be a a podcast guy or yeah. um, a media, <laughs> a <rapper>. multimedia <laughs> expert or rapper. <laughs> or they might want to be the president of the Mescalar Apache tribe or a council member. Um, there's no school for being a... a <laughs> on the council or the president, but it, it goes back to uh, the reality is that we've got to plant that seed in our children that to have them start thinking at an early age, like, okay, what am I going to do? What what do I like to do? Mm-hmm. And they might find that they don't really like uh, doing what they started out to do. When I first entered college, my my major was sociology. I still had that passion to work with people and help people and counsel people, but it wasn't exciting enough for me. I had <laughs> a friend of mine turned me on to being a cop and I thought, hey, I can still be a cop and I can still be a social worker and I can still counsel people. I can still uh, serve our fellow man
0: I think the best um, band-aid to that problem, maybe we could, in the perfect world, <laughs> if we had all the money that we wanted, I'd create a program that could just get people who have been out of school for a long time back, reintroduced to college, because you're right, we change our minds so much, yeah. and I changed my mind. You know, I wanted to open a speaker store once upon a time ago, and now that's not what I want to do anymore, but... You know, you get that age, you're like 25, you're like, you know, I really wish I could go back to school Mm -hmm. and maybe some kind of support system on the reservation would be uh, a good idea. You know, Uh, maybe some scholarships, particularly for those who have because when you get when you get older, you know, you definitely get a little bit more mature, too. And you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. But moving on from um, education and stuff. uh, Chris. Yeah. uh,
1: What's another question that the tribal members usually hit you up about?
2: Okay, Chris, let's see. Well, I already said they asked about chili. Oh, the next one was fry bread. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, Chris, it was just uh, a lot of different uh, questions. A lot of people just stopped by and uh, wanted to let me know that they supported me. And, and and a lot of people, you know, I covered some of the same
1: yeah.
2: issues that, that that they were aware of um, that they would like to see worked on, but I I believe you know and, and our turnout wasn't that good uh, yeah. during the primary and that was uh, that was a too bad and I hope the general election I hope more people come out and vote particularly this this is our national election as well for yes. president and vice president and and senators and congressmen. And that's that's this is a big big election. And um,
0: you think that's from COVID too? COVID is affecting everything. You know, maybe people don't want to get out anymore and come down. And but we have mail, right?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, Mescalero. It's it's hard to say what. And it, it's our off year, so the mm-hmm. it's, the people aren't electing a president and vice president. And typically, you see more of a larger turnout when when the president and vice president are are up for election. Mm-hmm. That that may have a bit to it, and it could be some issue too that you know people are are would prefer to stay away and and not take any risk. And while we're on that subject, you know we're um, Gabe just did a. Uh, I should say, President Aguilar just did a, a video a update on um, on the pandemic, and the numbers are increasing. And I think we're up to eleven new cases now, something like that. Yeah. And potentially, it's it's growing. I don't I don't know. I haven't heard the latest numbers, but if they continue to grow, and as we move into on election day. Um, my my personal preference is that uh, perhaps the candidates uh, should not have their booths out and should not be serving food and some people may be upset with me for saying that but I'm going to be very honest with people that uh, there wasn't a whole lot of social distancing on the day of the primary and luckily there wasn't a lot of cases around but
0: considering the circumstances
2: I think that's fair yeah it well I think it is and I think uh you know COVID-19 is something that uh is on a lot of people's minds and unfortunately our president the president of the United States I'm talking about uh still believes it's it's just another form of flu and that it's something that uh we need to get on with our lives and, and sure we do need to get on with our lives, but we have to do it safely. We need to wear masks and sanitize, wash our hands and socially distance. And um lo and behold, he got it. And um I guess he's cured now. I don't know. I honestly don't know. It's hard it's hard to believe anything that man says. Yeah. So um <clears throat> But as far as our, our general election coming up, um, I, I'm if if our cases continue to grow, I would be I would strongly urge the council to come out and say that you know we not have the the typical uh, food Booth. food booths and and that sort of thing, and it's because of safety. We we I, it's not worth jeopardizing their Putting any of our elders at risk, and I'm I'm one of those that I I don't know if I could survive it. Tell you the truth.
0: Uh, now that you know you're on the podcast and you have this platform, um, I guess in in more uh, efforts to utilize this to your advantage, uh, what what would you say your strengths would be as if you were to get elected as a tribal councilman right now? I mean, you're going to have to, you know promote yourself here and I know that's probably not in your character it,
2: it, <laughs> it no and, and you know in Apache in way I learned at a very early age not to brag and not to boast about myself and and of course I grew up in the 50s and 60s and the two of you were nowhere in sight <laughs> at that point but those were those were values at the time that you didn't go around bragging and boasting but I you know it's important that so people will know me a lot of our younger people don't know me and I I honestly don't know a lot of our younger people either but some of my strengths are um, my education um, my bachelor's degree in criminal justice my experience as a police officer a criminal investigator I was a manager executive in in BIA law enforcement. Um, I also served, i neglected to mention in my kind of my little resume, but I served two and a half years as the associate director of BIA law enforcement. I was the number two person in charge of all of BIA nationwide for a brief period of time. Um, I didn't get the job permanent but uh, that was a that was a big executive position um, where we oversaw and managed uh, uh, millions of dollars in federal federal programs for tribal and BIA police programs. I was president. I was president of the Mescalar Apache Tribe. I mean, what better uh, training ground and experience uh, to learn about the governing of our own tried and our own constitution. And um, I mean, those are, are valuable pieces of experience that um, I've attained. Um, I also possess the passion. I possess the desire. I, I could say, no, I'm not going to run. i I don't want, I don't want any of that stuff that's going on right now, but in my heart and soul, I feel a strong desire. I, I'm drawn into it. I, I want to be part of the solution. I want to work with people. I still have a lot of good years left, and you know, I can't, I can't sit around this house and complain. I, I could be one of these people that get on Facebook and do my daily posts and and complain and. Uh, I'd use another word but FCC might get get down on <laughs> us if I use another word, but you know, that's not my style. You um, just wanna get in there and make a I, I wanna be part of the solution and, and And
1: what was your slogan again that you said earlier?
2: Uh, it wasn't make America great again. (laughs) Come on, Chris, you weren't paying attention. It was
1: a, it was something like a better life or...
2: Improve the quality of life. Improve the quality of life, yeah. Okay. And I
1: think that should be the name of this episode. Okay. Improve the quality of life on Mescalero.
2: Yeah, improve the quality of life. And like I said, that, that slogan transcends many things. It, it, you know, it isn't, I'm not just focusing on one thing. There's a lot of different things Mm -hmm. here, but...
0: I think this um, <clears throat> this episode was definitely good for me because, um, you know, I, I was a little curious on why you were trying to get into tribal council. I was like, didn't he already run? <laughs> did, well, he already served his term as president. Now he's coming back in and I was a little thrown off, but um, just having this conversation with you definitely cleared that up. And I have, you know, pretty comfortable understanding of, of why you're trying to come back and you just have that strong desire to keep serving, which is respectable.
2: Well, Blue, you're not alone. A lot of people are saying that very same thing. Like, well, you've had your chance already. Why, why are you trying to come back? You know, and, and that's not the point. And the point is, is that uh, I have I have a personal desire, you know, and it's not, not, I'm not on some ego trip. I'm not, this isn't to, you know, make any big name for myself. I'm a member of the muscular Apache tribe, and I've, I've been, uh, it's in my blood. My mother served on the tribal council with Wendell Chino back in the days. Uh, she served as secretary of the tribe. Um, my late um, uh, uncle, uh, Indian Way, be like my grandpa, Fred Pellman, passed away many years ago. He was a tribal chairman back in the early 50s. And my mother's brother, Albert Robinson served for a period of time on the council, so you know it's. I guess it's 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 in my genetics that I uh, I enjoy it, but you know the reality is too. It's it's got its downside. It's just like any other any other profession. There's good and good and bad things about it, but I'd rather dwell on the positive things and and build on what's what's going on now and um i'm real excited about it i'm i'm very appreciative and i want to tell everyone out there uh, i appreciate the votes i appreciate the uh, support and words of confidence in me and um it's it's a great feeling and i would encourage either one of you at some point to run for council someday, or maybe even run for president or vice president. Um, but we have we have a duty, we have a responsibility to serve our people in some form or another. We can sit back and watch the world go by, but I'm not ready to, you know, sit back yet. And I, I've got, I, I, I believe I have a lot of gas in my tank. I'm ready to rock and roll. Um, if the people will give me that opportunity
1: absolutely that's awesome Um, we have a segment on this show it's called writing on the wall well the reason it's called our show is called writing on the wall because um we want this to be a place where a hundred years from now somebody could be listening and it could be like us going into cave and a caveman wrote something on the wall what would you say to about if somebody was listening like a hundred years from now and they uh, wanted to know about mescalero now they wanted to know about danny and the and now um, what would you what would you say?
2: That's a really good that's a really good question, Chris. Um, you know I think about not that, but I think about things um, into the future and um, let me turn that table around just a little bit and cool. so right now we're in 2020. If we could go back in time, and go back to 1920. You know, if we could suddenly go into a time machine and see what's going on. Well, in 1919 was the great flu epidemic that killed, I forgot how many thousands of people. Almost 100 years later, history repeats itself in strange ways. My mother was born in 1921 almost 100 years ago she'll be 100 next year if she were alive and so what would they think or what would we think if we could go back there so it's kind of like moving ourselves up you know at the pace we're going Chris with global warming the environment the world is changing extremely rapidly um People are beginning to say that Armageddon is near. Um, keep an eye out for the Antichrist. You know, there's things that are happening happening on a biblical proportion. Our forests are burning. We're having more and more hurricanes, and some of them are at super strength that we haven't seen before. Um, the ice caps are melting. Water levels are rising in in the oceans. Um, what is our impact well normally this time of year we're we're not in a fire situation it, it does get dry in the fall so if someone is lucky enough and fortunate enough to be around 100 years from now and looking at this podcast or hearing I'm sorry hearing this podcast I just covered a, a kind of a, a gamut of different issues that are affecting us today. And God forbid, I don't know what it's going to be like in a in hundred years from now. Um, we may be able to save the the ozone. We may be able to save Mother Earth. But I would also be, and I and I think about this often, my mother was one of the original architects of the Apache language program. She and two other ladies worked on the first Apache dictionary, the very survival of our Apache culture and our language and our songs. And it's good to see our young people, uh, carrying that on. Like, uh, you mentioned, uh, Lee Pike earlier, he was on and, uh, people of his generation it's great to see that and and that is who we are and without that we are just other human beings it is so important to maintain our identity our culture and our ways of life but I think every generation it gets a little bit more tougher with the new technology and new things and new distractions in life I was born at a time when TV was barely making its debut. Mm-hmm. I still remember sitting in, in the living room and listening to the radio. I was probably maybe three years old. And then we got a TV. But now, what is it today? I mean, it's just the te- technology has just exploded yeah. and and I hope you've ordered your iPhone 12, Chris.
1: It's <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I thought I was that's uptown. Cool. I got an iPhone 11 <laughs> last year. like, And now it's obsolete now, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh,
1: that, that's that's great. <clears throat> uh, what was your, sl- a better quality of life for Right? What was that slogan?
2: To improve the quality of life. To improve the life. quality of life. To improve the quality, quality of, of life. life. And it's not to make Mescalero great again. <laughs> it's to improve the quality of life. Mescalero was We're great. Always great yeah. Mescalero is great. Yeah, it, yeah. it is great. It's a, you know, having been gone, I was gone for over 20 some odd years. And some of my friends <clears throat> said, Dan, what are you going to do when you retire? And I said, well, um, what are you going to do when you retire? and i said i'm going home i'm going to go home to mescalero and I said, why would you do that there's nothing down there there's nothing what are you going to do and i said yeah. i said you'd be surprised i said mescalero is a beautiful place <clears throat> I had to take a drink of water chris <clears throat> yeah i could speed up um, it's my home it's where i <clears throat> i I grew up. It's where my friends are. It's where my folks are buried and it's where they'll bury me and I want to spend whatever time I have left here and I, I want to contribute whatever I can to the reservation and to the Mescalar Apache people. Um, and he said, oh wow, that's that's great. and. So, I don't know.
1: There you are to do that, right? <laughs> Here I am.
0: Yeah. This um this conversation has actually been real interesting to me because, you know, I don't really get to um get to know too many people. <clears throat> you know, always gone. So I got to imagine how many other <clears throat> how many other people out there are kind of wondering who some of the candidates are. You know, and I hope that more people that are running uh, reach out to us and try to get on too because. It is kind of nice to get to know you. You know, I had no idea. I haven't met you before. I'm not sure. Um,
2: I, I, I had met you. Um, and, and, and and I know you probably don't remember this. It was the time your grandpa, I think, was, had just passed away. Mm-hmm. You had come to the hospital. I was there, kind of in that area. But he was a good friend of mine. <clears throat> your mom... Your mom, uh, grandma, or your grandma, they were good, close friends with my mom, Mm -hmm. um, the late uh, Magdalena Fatty, where she was um, my mother's age. They were classmates at Santa Fe Indian School uh, many, many years ago. Um, So we've always been very much acquainted with your, your mom and her and your grandma's family and okay. all of them
0: um you know that's uh, you Um, uh, <clears throat> and forgive me for not you know remembering some of those times that we had run into each other um I just kind of didn't know your intentions and how you you know what what your goals were and what drove you and this was I think it was definitely a healthy conversation that we could have and I hope um, this conversation inspires, like I said, others to just come on and, yeah. you know, talk and get get the people to know who you are. And because, you know, I've, um, you know, besides the other times I have met you, the only other times I'd seen you, you were in the nice suit, you're playing the role, you're wearing the hat, you're president. <laughs> and, you know, when you see the president coming down the halls at the inn, if you're working, you better start working a little harder, <laughs> <laughs> do your job. But um, now, you know, you're, you're you're in this position, you're running Um, trying to become a tribal councilman, Um, getting to hear your voice like this, is just a little comforting and just getting you're a person. You're you're a person, you have have feelings, you care about things, and um, you have a strong desire to just be a leader again. And um, definitely opened up my eyes to who you are and and stuff like that. And like I said, anybody else out there who's trying to run, who wants a chance to talk to the people, um, please come on and just have a discussion, a healthy discussion, just getting to know you. Um, we're not here to interrogate you. And say, what would you do in this situation? What do you feel? You know, those questions <laughs> come here and there, but we're not trying to put you on the spot. You know, we're not trying to um, stump you or or put you down in any way. This is just um, like like me and Chris were saying, a positive platform for for people like you and your in your shoes. And um, if I could have a little bit of say in you know from my perspective you've got some good strengths about you like you said you've been the president before you kind of know how the process works you have that um that militarized background with the with the police with V.I.A. The and there's some good qualities that i hear in you and i hope that people get to hear those those good qualities and, and make their decisions based on based on that um and you know whatever else i hope people were able to um, get from this i hope it's positive for you and i hope it serves you well and Definitely wish you the best of luck in this position. Uh, I'm a huge fan of anyone that served as many years as you did in BIA, and I'm sure it's going to be a benefit in your position if you get if you get voted in. And so we hope, like I said, I hope this serves you well.
1: Anything uh, to add to that, Chris? Um, no, just you, Danny. Do you have any last anything we didn't cover, or any last shout out or anything you want to do? Say.
2: Um. No, I'm. I'm getting a little weary. It's going on 9 o'clock. But, um, if there's anything we missed, Is so now's the chance. All, now's the time. There's, there's a lot of things, Blue. I mean, <laughs> I've got 67 years built up inside of me that, you know, um, I could. But I'm kind of running out of gas tonight. I, I did some workout in the yard today, moved some logs around, and uh, had a little bit of a workout, which I need more of, obviously. But I, I want to encourage, to anyone out there, any of the candidates that uh, uh, Chris and Blue uh, are terrific young men that have a service here that gives you an opportunity to uh, put your message out there. And and I urge you to use it and utilize it. And I hope a lot of our tribal members are are listening to this and and this is this is that technology that's available, and and uh, I, I said earlier to Chris, and Chris Chris and I had a conversation several years ago, and I I know Chris loves this kind of thing, and he would be a great asset in in developing and building out uh, our own radio station here in Mescalero, yeah. and possibly even going. Um, Satellite. Um, I was a longtime su- subscriber to Sirius Radio. I just discontinued a couple months ago, but I'm waiting for the first Native American uh, radio station on Sirius Radio. Oh, that would be awesome! And That'd and dream, and you know, we. I'm going to open up a topic right now, and and i <laughs> I probably shouldn't, but and and it has to do with. Uh, Native Americans in general, and the fact that uh, we are the invisible members of society, we are the invisible parts of society. And until we come out and and our voices are heard, and we're hear, heard on things like Sirius Radio, or we uh, it's great to see our our Native American actors and actresses. Uh, in feature films and and shows, but you know, I don't I don't see a lot of natives in commercials yet, mm-hmm. and you know, for whatever reasons, uh, we don't have that kind of uh, our our voices haven't been heard strong enough, and perhaps through these outlets like this, they'll they'll get out there. Uh, another area that. Really disturbs me is that our athletes, our young men and women, uh, Native American athletes, uh, we've got probably some of the best uh, basketball players and football players and track stars, um, and in other sports, uh, lacrosse. That uh, you know we don't get any attention, so we have to we have to learn to voice and and also sell ourselves sell ourselves to the world as long as we're quiet and we stay silent and we stay in the back rooms and people are out front speaking for us then um, all we're doing is perpetuating that that image of being that invisible member of society
0: well yeah. hopefully this podcast grows and we can start getting some more talent out there huh?
1: Definitely. so is that it for you guys Mm-hmm. That, all right. Well, the Let's way we up. end this show is uh, we wrap it up. We got ten fun questions of the res, and we, we basically I'm just gonna ask you ten, ten fun questions. There's no right or wrong answer. Whatever you say is is uh is up to you. But it just the first thing that comes into your mind. And um, so, uh, oh, can you can you tell your slogan one more time though? Before before <laughs> just just your slogan one more time. A better qual. What was it? Uh, improve, improve, the, quality improve of life. the quality
2: of life improve, improve the quality of life oh, right. Not, I just want to get that everybody's <laughs> everybody's great again okay
1: <laughs> alright so let's get into 10 fun questions of the
2: rest alright so we'll
1: start off okay um, first question East LA or Old Road?
2: Um, East LA alright
1: Wendels or Broken Arrow? Wendells. hunting or fishing? hunting Tribal store or Casino Apache Travel Center store?
2: Uh, tribal store. Oh, right. I like their bologna.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Club 49 or actual Feast 49? Um,
2: feast 49.
1: Cool. Uh, stuffed fry bread or fry bread with a bowl of chili?
2: Fry bread and bowl of red chili.
1: My favorite thing about Mescalero is the
2: the mountains, fresh air, the cool weather. Awesome.
1: I am most thankful for
2: I am most thankful for everything that God has allowed me to have my wife, my children, my grandchildren, all of my great friends. And being part of the Mescalero Apache tribe. Awesome.
1: Uh, favorite holiday?
2: Favorite holiday. I've got to go with Christmas.
1: Christmas, so man. Last one. I am Danny, and I love Aaron. Aaron, awesome. That's a great answer. All <laughs> right, you ladies and gentlemen, there you <laughs> have <laughs> it. Ten fun questions of the res, and that's our episode with Danny. Give it up one more time. Thank you for everybody for tuning in to a Riding on the Wall podcast. We'll talk to you next time.
0: As you probably know by now, you're listening to a podcast. You get a chance for some of the unique stories out there um, to be heard. And if anything, inspire our
1: community.